Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining today. This is Rate the Comp. We're gonna, today we're gonna rate the comp. The compilation is a very interesting medium. It is a great way to get new fans into an artist. And it's also for old fans to celebrate an artist's career. But the comp is not perfect, as is nothing in this world. And so I got this idea to have a quick discussion about this compilation because I happened to find this David Bowie comp. I went on eBay and I searched for uh, just the word sealed, sorted everything out by times that the bidding were ending soonest. And I just saw all these things that were ending in 30 seconds. And one was this sealed David Bowie comp. And I just said, wow, this track listing is amazing. It's everything I want in a comp. So I scored it. And uh, listening to it, I just uh, found that there was so much that they got right, but there was so much that I wanted also. That is the genesis for this discussion. I'm joined today by Loudon and Joe. So thank you very much for joining in on this discussion today. But yeah, the, the idea for the, for the comp is how good of a job does the comp do, basically. And uh, Joe and I got into a little discussion about the uh, 20th century masters. That is an example of how you don't do a comp. Loudon, you're familiar with the 20th century masters. I just think that they just came up with like a mathematical equation and it was like how many singles were sold versus how many albums were sold versus how big is the artist. And then they just came up with the top 18 or 20 songs and then that's how they did all those. And just there's so much, so much missing. Joe, what was that one you said with a big glaring, the, the, the Who's version has a glaring miss in there. Yeah, the first one I'd gotten uh, was the Who and there was not a single track off of Quadrophenia on there. No 515 or Pumpkins to God, no even Love, Rain or Me on that. So, wow. or the real me, I don't know. There's so many tracks on there that you can, at least one, just give us one. That's so silly. Yeah, well, I mean, I've seen those for sale a lot when I was building my collection, and I'm always disappointed. I flip it over and I'm like, what? That is like the, the one song that I want isn't even on here. So I will say that it was my introduction, though, to The Who was actually that 20th Century Masters. And so thus is the con. Just like you said, it's good for introducing new fans. But as I've become a more seasoned Who fan, it's not a celebration. If we're, if we're talking about The Who and talking about Greatest Hits Comps, I also got into The Who from a Greatest Hits Comp, but it was called The Ultimate Collection, which was like a two-disc set. And I feel like that did a pretty good job because the first set was mostly like early R&B stuff all the way up, I think, through Tommy. And then the second disc was from like Who's Next On. So yeah, pretty, I think it did overall pretty good job of, as a good overview of The Who. Well, I think it's important you said that it was two discs. That's a good thing for, for comps. You gotta give yourself all, all that room. It's, I was just about to say, once, once a band has got more than three or four albums, once they get that fifth album out, you, you can't really fit it on one CD if you're gonna make a comp. I think that depends on the artist and I think the longevity of, of a career. I think with like a, a band like The Who, where they released like you know, 15 records by, by that time like when those comps came out, yeah, I mean, that's something where that's inarguable that you can only fit things onto one disc. But I mean, I have some other great hits that I could think of that easily could fit on one disc, and I'm perfectly happy with. 
Well, I think that we we're touching on a, a, a bigger question. That's the medium itself. So when the LP was produced, it was probably produced with the idea that there's a certain amount of content that you want to fit on both sides. And that ends up being about, I don't know, 12 or 15 or 18 minutes. When we got into the CD, that is a medium that came out of data. So your first music CD was meant to just hold megabytes, not minutes. They came up with a certain amount of minutes and I don't know if it's like 70 or 74. That is a leash because if we had, if CDs could fit more material, then we wouldn't be talking about one or two CDs or one or two tapes or something like that. And now like this era where like every artist on Spotify, whether it's, you know, indie unnamed artists or David Bowie, everyone has a, this is that artist playlist on Spotify, which is just like a general algorithm for their songs. And you can argue you don't really need greatest accounts anymore, you can just go to that. I would like to know. I would like to know what the mean length of a this is on Spotify is, because I bet it's more than two CDs in a lot of cases. It's probably like two and a half, three hours, which is what you need. Now the internet has finally allowed us to splay out what the comp seeks to contain. Today's discussion: David Bowie. Now, like I said, I found this comp by chance. And I was just blown away by it. I thought that so much was on there. But I think that one thing that's really key about this comp to keep in mind is that it was released in 1993, which all told is something like the halfway point of this man's career. He got his fans in the 70s. He got his fans in the 80s. He was a, such a force that I think that in the 90s, it was more of a chance of him to do what he wanted to be creative and he could put out anything and just because it was Bowie it was going to get out so he had an appreciation for the zany you know he, re he reconnects with Eno after Berlin at his wedding to Iman in 1992 and then that reconnection with Eno is what sprawls these albums after like outside took a listen to that it's a post-apocalyptic type of album it's it's really crazy completely written in the studio what other artists could do something like that and there are some good tracks on there uh one track the heart's filthy lesson was a single off that and it really rocked i just don't know if there's room for it on this comp which we'll get to anything from you guys about these these later albums andrew i know you have a have a lot of notes uh, well for me I have to admit that I don't know these records very well I could not tell you a single song that's on outside for next day I know black star but that's only because of the narrative around it uh, and listen to that record a lot in 2016 um, if I was gonna make a Bowie compilation I know that the last track that I would put on it would be from black star and it would be the last song on black star which I think is the best one in my opinion, I can't give everything away. I think that that's just a good summary of like, that seems like the perfect note to end a career on. If we're gonna do a, 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 a comp like that. 
but I can't speak to next day. I've listened to it, but I can't tell you anything on it. I've definitely never listened to reality or through outside. My Bowie knowledge and fandom doesn't really reach the 90s, I would say, in, in my case. <laughs> I got into Bowie, I would say about 2010, 2012. So I was pretty well versed with that 70s and 80s Bowie by the time the next day came out in 2013. Here I am, it's 2013, Bowie has a new album out. I went to FYE and paid $28.99 for the double LP. It rocks. There's so many good tracks on there. It's a good panache of, of all of his previous stuff. Like I said, these albums, Outside, Earthling, Heathen, even Reality, it feels like it's him just having a good time. And that's the kind of thing that with other artists, it might not have an easy time getting pressed and released, but because of everything that he had put up until the 90s, he had a fast track because of his name. He was able to really stretch out and do whatever he wanted. And there are some great tracks from those albums. He re-recorded Rebel Rebel on reality, and it sounds like he's on pure volume or SoundCloud or something. It's really, really good. Um, and also covered Waterloo Sunset, great Kinks track for that reality album, though it's not on the release. It was released as a teaser for reality, and I don't know if it ever got on a physical medium, but his cover of Waterloo Sunset from 03 is so good. And uh, I recently had the chance to host a Bowie-themed brunch at the City Beer Hall over in Albany, and someone requested off of Earthling, they wanted to hear I'm Afraid of Americans, and I played that, and that was a nice, uh, surprisingly good track. Love that one. I, I know that song from the Bowie comp that I grew up listening to. Quick Bowie fact, 27 albums total in this man's history. Can you believe that? Ooh. This is the comp we are rating. It's on two discs, and this is the first one, which it's all in chronological order. So this is roughly 1969 to about 1978 and look just another thing with, with with comps usually they're always presented chronologically i bet those 20th century masters aren't gotta check that gotta fact check that here we are on the first disc and it's pretty pretty it's looking pretty good it's looking like a cornucopia here some some first impressions uh, one thing that it's, uh, it's missing, um, I'm realizing, Moon Age Daydream, I think, is, uh, is, a, is a killer track. Massive. That's a massive track. I bet Ziggy Stardust, for me, the first side, it just goes one into another. What was it, like five years? Five years. Right? Soul Love. Moon Age yeah. Daydream, uh, right? And when, <laughs> it's like, that's, so So that's, those are missing, okay? Those are missing, and Ziggy is great. How about late uh, Stardust, Starman on here too? The UK track listing is different, I don't think that one had Starman. Yeah, so that's, that complicates things too. Um, something that's interesting about comps, why do they decide to release different uh, track listings in the UK and the US, and sometimes even in Japan? This, these beginning tracks here. So what brings us up to 1972 is just these four tracks. I just, I cannot, I can't take it. The Man Who Sold the World, it's not that's, here. Yeah, that's, um, there's nothing from that record on this, which 
you should put at least the title track. Yes. And Agreed. I think you should have, and there should be a little more hunky dory. Please. So, I will admit, Space Oddity is an oddity. That's like seven or eight tracks, maybe it's even six tracks, and they are out there. Um, but Space Oddity rocks. So yes, that should be on here. Even like, I mean, I like Please Mr. Gravedigger. You all know that one? I don't know that one. No. Oh, it's a, it's a creepy song, creepy one. But uh, that is not like greatest hits material anyway. <laughs> Jeez, that's, that's kind of a little bit of an omission that track four is all that there is up to 1972, which is when a lot of people first learned about him, which was for Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. How about this one, John, I'm Only Dancing? Have you heard the re-recorded version? I'm Only Dancing Again? No. Oh, it's good. So I never thought it was one of his, his stronger songs. If, if I had to cut something from this one, that would be um, one of them, to be honest. That's on the chopping block, okay, duly noted. Yeah. Uh, Suffragette City, gotta have it. I gotta think. have it. I think you gotta put stuff like if we're gonna talk about order, you gotta put Suffragette City after Ziggy started this. Right. So like, why are you splitting it up? Yeah. Yeah, I just realized that. And like the Bowie comp that I grew up with, like with this best of Bowie, they flip Ziggy Stardust and Suffragette City, which makes no sense. Like why, why would you do that? Yeah, that one. This That's one? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you flip it? That makes no sense. That's the dumbest choice. Like you're they put them right after each other, but like why? Like that's, that's such an open. It it makes me wonder who is is in charge of these. Um, yeah, they didn't ask our opinion. This is yeah Only right. The, the artist the artist should make their own comp, or at least get a final you know and say. Give, get a little yeah. Give them just the, to write off on it. A little bit of a, an unpopular opinion. Hot take. Aladdin Sane, maybe my favorite album. Mm. And that one has got some tracks that are missing from here, like Panic in Detroit. Yeah. Prettiest Star. That song rocks off that album. And then as we get into the later 70s, you know, I'm pretty happy with what's here. There's Diamond Dogs, there's Rebel Rebel, Young Americans. Um, though it was never released as a single off this album, I also really like that Luther Vandross track that's on the Young Americans album. What's it called? Oh. Uh, Fascination. I would. I have written here that I would have liked to see more of what the Young Americans do, like either Fascination, Win, Win. or somebody up that, or somebody up there likes me. Somebody up there likes me. Yeah. Uh, okay, but Fame is on here, which is key. That that Fame with Lennon on there. That's that's one of the all-time great. That's the top. That's top five Bowie tracks. So that's on there. Unmissable. Yeah. Now, Golden Years, that's Ooh. special for me because that is Lovely. on here. That was um, just an unstoppable album. It's got this one song, Stay, that for some reason is missing from this comp. Stay is, in my opinion, Bowie's answer to disco. He was on Soul Train around when this came out. His applicability to everyone into music is just so remarkable stay rocks i um i re remembered that you actually introduced me to it leon you put it on, on on a tape you sent me like four five six years ago yeah and it always i had never heard that one before it really stood out 
Before we go on from here, though, also another one, uh, just while we're being critical, perhaps, Sorrow is a track I hadn't heard before, and I don't really think I need to hear it again. It was... Right. Was that on pinups? I don't know what album is off I of. think it was on pinups. And I had, That was I all think, covers. Yeah, I, I think that on this record, like, when you're looking at a greatest hits comp, and Bowie Oak always did so many covers, like, Across the Universe is on, Young American is on, it's like... I don't come to the Bullet Greatest Hits record and don't do any covers. So, like, I think you just keep saying anything on pinups. Oh. Like, if you're, you're gonna you're gonna put something from pinups, but you're not gonna put anything from Banners of the World. That form. And then on, back to the Man Who Sold the World, uh, there's a great song in there called The Width of a Circle. Oh, yeah. That's a great track, too. Um, maybe maybe there's no room for it on these two CDs, but better than Sorrow, yes. Thank you very much for, for bringing that up, Joe. Yes, back to uh, where we were. TVC15 is awesome, too, and that is also on uh, on this uh, Station to Station. Station to Station, so... It was one of my first favorite tracks of Bowie. Back to comps being like an introduction and stuff. Um, yeah. Ladder and I both share, uh, I guess, the best of Bowie being kind of our introduction. Uh, so first time listening through it, I heard some stuff on like Q1043 and stuff like that. TVC5, I always just kept replaying that one. Just a very good friend of mine, you know. <laughs> yeah, that is a wacky song. I absolutely love it. And then uh, as we get into the next decade, another one of my favorites of his, uh, Beauty and the Beast, finishing out this side, off this album. <clears throat> but this one's also got like, Up the Hill Backwards, Scary Monsters and Super Creeps. That is where we switch over to the second side. So that was a pretty decent uh, roundup. And uh, like I said, when I first purchased this, it was it was kind of an emotional purchase after I saw the track listing, but we really tore that to shreds. There's a solid half dozen songs here that could be replaced. Yeah, there's also some, I mean, also, they picked some real good ones, of course. Oh yeah, oh, necessarily. Oh. So here we Sound are. Sound and Vision always stood out too. Yeah, oh yeah, Sound and Vision, yeah. That's, I mixed that up with TVC15 for some reason. Those, those are, were those on the same album? No. TVC15 was on this. You so know that. Why not Sound and Vision? It, yeah. feels like, it feels like it could be on low, like Sound and Vision. Right, right. Yeah, I think it might have been. So, there's a big shift in Bowie's career after he comes back from Berlin. And as we can see here, the first four tracks here have got Eno on there. 80s Bowie is decidedly his most popular. So Cat People is on here. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but any uh, any impressions on this right now? I think there is a Heroes track I wanted to put on here uh, that's not there. Um, yeah. Heroes has Beauty and the Beast, Joe the Lion. Maybe it was Joe the Lion was the one I was thinking of that I would have put on here. And then Side B is just, you know, just walks all over that. Oh my gosh. Oh, The Secret Life of Arabia. Heroes is an all-time classic, absolutely. Um, I also like Sons of the Silent Age off this, too. We're at Lodger with Boy Boys Keep Swinging, DJ, Look Back in Anger. I mean, I don't hate these songs. I would replace DJ, I think. Yeah, I could take a lead, DJ. Take a lead. I don't know Lodger very well. That was good. 
Red Sails off Lodger is a nice track. And now, so now we're at Scary Monsters and Super Creeps and like Ashes to Ashes, gotta have it. It's just gotta That was my ringtone for a while. <laughs> What's right after Ashes to Ashes? Fashion. Perfect, gotta have it, gotta have fashion. Scary Monsters and Super Creeps, boom. It's on here. What's missing? Teenage Wildlife. Up the Hill Backwards is sick. That song is really good. Okay, Under Pressure with Queen. So that's not a Queen track, that's a David Bowie track. That's really weird because I have a Queen album where the last song is Under Pressure. Yeah, so is it a Queen song or is it a David Bowie song? This is like this, this is like a Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island. Who gets it? I thought of it more as a Queen song. Right? But I think that it's su like it's such a it's such a shared thing between the two of them that it, 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 I think it belongs to Leon Ball's various compositions. But I've always thought of it more as a Queen song. Yeah. Bowie is New Jersey here. Now we're into possibly his greatest um, commercial release, Let's Dance, which I absolutely love. Um, it's a banger. Yeah. Just, I, and that first side, talk about putting songs on tapes to one another. Joe, you sent me a tape about five, seven years back with that Modern Love on there. No, that was more, man. That was, that was one of our first tapes. I remember that. I used to dance to that on the subway, just like with my headphones. I'd be standing at, at, at the doors with like where you stand, you know? And then you can see yourself in the reflection across the way. And just once that, once that beat starts right away, you gotta start at least popping your head and- And so and after, after this song though, it just doesn't stop. Just like he does a Ziggy Stardust where it goes modern love into China girl into let's dance. And strangely, they're here in reverse order. All three of them. So key, key tracks here. Uh, China Girl, of course, uh, also written by Iggy Pop. I think you got, again, just like my complaints about uh, Iggy Stardust. Like, just, just put it in the Yeah. It makes the most sense. I also, like, I adore this record. I
Andrew, I'm, of, with you, I'm with you on that. Yeah, of, yeah, I never thought of it like that, but that is kind of where I, that's the exit that I got off on. The, uh, so far, um, after this discussion, I might be, uh, uh, I already have some notes of tracks I haven't heard of yet. I've already got a long list of songs to check out. That... I am a cat person. <laughs> I uh, gotta say, FMK for this whole comp, I'm gonna kill Dancing in the Street with Mick Jagger. Oh my god, that song. That song is just coke. <laughs> the video. The video is incredible. The video was worth a watch. Video, how about the video minus Joe, the have you ever, Yeah. That's pretty, that? that's pretty nice too, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I, it's not an improvement though. It's, it's no better or worse. <laughs> no. <laughs> they, did they have sex after that video? They had to, right? They had to. Did they at least kiss? He did, none of them Also, why does Mick Jagger in the middle of that music video just like take a swig at was so <laughs> Yeah, like, as the camera pans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, jeez. I bet some, the, some critics, at least some critics must have said, what is it, what's that quote? You, you die young or you become what you hate. <laughs> And Absolute Beginners is a real sleeper. Um, I first heard that buying groceries. I was in the Frozen section, and uh, I heard this song. And you know how songs sound in the grocery store. And I was like, yeah, it's one of those grocery store songs. Is that Bowie's voice? And uh, looked it up, and yeah. And it's not, it's not a terrible song. Day in, day out, never let me down. And Jump, they say, brings us into the 90s, which is where pretty much everybody gets off. Um, and I think that... Uh, Jump, they say, is a real weak addition because Black Tie White Noise was put out just a couple of months before this comp was put out. So it was a little bit early to put it on the same as like Heroes. The comp also doesn't make the mistake of adding like a new song that's supposed to like as a late addition. Although sometimes that definitely works. So there's like plenty of compilations of those those people hits, but they, oftentimes it's a mistake, and this does not make that mistake. Yeah, definitely. So, the other direction that I wanted to go in, the final direction, was could we account for the entire career? Like, what kind of tracks from the 90s, from the 2000s, really deserve a spot on here? Because if Dancing in the Street is on here, there's room for I'm Afraid of Americans. Yeah. And like I said, The Heart's Filthy Lesson is a pretty decent track off of Outside, but I think it's insane that it was written in the studio. Wow. He could definitely afford to do that. There's no there's no labyrinth representation on there. That's right. Uh, yes. Magic Dance. Oh, Magic right? Dance. <laughs> yeah. Was, Bowie Bulge. Stop with that. Oh. With the film with the film dialogue intro too. That's just yeah. you need that. <laughs> talk talk about dialogue intros. Have you heard the laughing gnome? No. Oh, you gotta hear Bowie's the laughing gnome. Yeah, he, he has a little dialogue with the gnome in it. So I'm saying the next day. Um, the track Where Are We Now on the next day, I think is really, really good. 
and I would want to make room for that on there. Other than that, everything that we just said, everything that could be taken off the comp could be replaced with something, period. A, a song that I would like to see of that period that's not here uh, would be his, his version of All the Young Dudes. Agreed. I, I've got that written down, too. Definitely. That's one that I think should be there, which I think is made up for in later, more of the visuals. Yeah. He's not here. Yeah, what, what a unique tap on the shoulder he gave Mata Hoople there. That was great. And that, that whole album rocks, too. He's only on the one track, but they that was a pretty good album. Final notes, Bowie is one of those artists that did really good live albums. Um, I, I really like Stage. Yeah. Um, though it is a little cocaine and peppers and milk. Um, he kind of plays all the songs at <laughs> tempo, blows, blows through all of his best tracks. And uh, after Berlin, I really liked Glastonbury 2000. I thought that was an awesome live album and I definitely recommend it. Um, I get the feeling like I'm in the audience when I hear it, which is kind of rare with live albums. I loved it. Any thoughts on the Soul Patch? It was an era, you know. I mean, that's um, when he turned 50, right? I think that's a, a midlife crisis soul patch. I love the hair. He, he looks good, though, I gotta say. Like, there's yeah. You can rock it. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's him. No hair. That's not no his worst look. Soul patch. Back to what you were, um, the live albums you were talking about. What's your take on live tracks on a Greatest Hits? On a comp? I would say no. Not many, not many have them. No. I think I, th I, I don't think they're real. There's a place for them on there. There's no like the art of war book for like comps. There's no like the art of comps. That's why comp only songs appear. That's why live versions appear, and that's why songs are put in not in order <laughs> from the same album that they're from, because. Everybody approaches the comp in their own way. There's this feudal thing going on. And uh, yeah, I totally, I'm gonna have to say a hard no on live tracks on the comp, unless it's a live comp. I think live albums are in a way their own kind of comp, their own kind of flavor. I can't see you putting a, a live comp together, like taking live recordings from various live albums. Most bands, groups don't have that many live records. If you want to talk about like another comp that has something like that, like I think one that's a definitive compilation, I think Joe, I know, will definitely back me up on this one, is Decade. Mm -hmm. And that has, that has some live. And that's only one CD. That was tough. Decade? No, that's two. That's two? Yeah. Two record set. Yeah. Oh. And that also, if I'm not mistaken, had stuff that wasn't out yet. Yeah. yeah. That, he like, I mean, that was the first, I think, like, reimagining of a compilation that happened of its time. Thinking like, back, uh, there's also a live track on um, um, Hot ro uh, Rocks, Rolling Stones. There's that live version of, I think, Midnight Rambler or something. It's on there. But the rest of it. One one of the most more famous compilations too, uh, like the like one of the highest selling albums of all time is the Eagles' Greatest Hits. But on their second Greatest Hits, there's there's a couple of live tracks. 
I think there's some live stuff on the Billy Joel Greatest Hits stuff too, because was it that I forget that album, the name of that album um, has like definitive, like the definitive live versions of, of certain songs. I think that for people who don't know the artist, who have their first taste through the comp, then if they hear the live version, then that's how they get to know it. And then maybe years go by and then they hear the studio version and they're like, oh, weird. I only know the live version. Fresh impressions. Very, you know, very important. Uh, since we're jumping around a little, uh, I, I guess, um, one, of my, one of my first uh, CDs was a double live CD. Uh, Aerosmith, a little south of Saturday, and I got it because it had all the tracks. Like in a way, it was a comp for me. It just happened to be live, and I just fell in love with it. It was great. Um, and then listening later to like the studio versions, just the, it didn't have the same energy. It wasn't like worse. Just it wasn't that first taste. Interesting. For me, that would be Ben uh, Folds live. Uh, which is just him and a piano. Um, and there was a lot of, like, I think that was like the first Ben Folds record I bought of his. And, you know, it, those the versions are so much different than their studio counterparts. And I think I still prefer the on some of those songs with my versions. To bring it back to Bowie um, and compilations and live stuff, I remember getting the soundtrack, not the sound, but not soundtrack, the soundtrack, um, the concert for New York City, which Bowie opens up that with Heroes. And that was probably my introduction to Heroes, honestly. Was that just him and like a little like drum machine thing? Yeah, yeah, him and like a backing track. Yeah, I remember that now. Heroes might be the best Bowie track. I would, I would love to have like a live record that's not out there. It's like 50th birthday. Like I know that it's like it's a video, but I, don't, I haven't seen like a full audio release of that. And that would oh. be a fun thing to have because you get you know, like him and Lou Reed doing Waiting for the and, and, you know, you've got like, Sonic Youth and the Pixies and all these people. Really? Oh, that yeah. Awesome. Look at, you should look at the 50th birthday concert. It's like, it, it, it's nutty how stacked that thing is. Well, Did he have the goatee by then? Oh, th this is what the he looked like. The soul patch? Oh, okay. What he looked like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good concert. Or it's a, it's a good, look at that set list when you get a chance to guess. This was a great uh, discussion. Uh, I want to kind of wrap it up here. I'd like to do this another once or twice and see if we can feel this uh, this discussion medium out a little bit more. Um, any ones in particular that you want to go over next? Maybe Beatles, Blue and Red? Or we could do Neil's <laughs> Decade. We could do Decade, we could do uh, Stones, um, Hot Rocks. One of the most popular compilations of all time, by Jim Bud Morley. Of course. Oh yeah. The Tom Petty greatest hits that came out in the nineties. Oh. Think about that. Like that one. Like the new song was. They, they, that's one where like they, they did it right with the uh, putting a new song on it that was exclusive to the comp of Mary Jane's Last Dance, and that's like one of the most. Uh, I have. Singles, 45s and under by Squeeze. That's yes. There's uh, International Super Hits by Green Day. Uh, there's Al Green's Greatest Hits. That's like, the Immaculate Collection by Madonna. That's like oh, legendary. The Two Eagles Greatest Hits record. 
Okay. That's a lot to choose from. And with okay. this kind of, these kind of criteria of, of questions that we're asking of them, all that, right. those would all be a, a joy. One I had mentioned earlier to Leon was History by America. It's probably got everything you need from America on there. It's a nice. Absolutely love that one. That's yeah. Nice and that was, and in, in my case, that was my introduction to America there. Yeah, probably most people. Uh, there's the Bob Dylan greatest hits, and we can argue about what's missing and what's, you know, what shouldn't be on there. Right. I think what's interesting with like those Dylan comps is, and then when you go to like, like the essential Bob Dylan, which was like released in like the early aughts, it's so interesting the difference between what's happening then and what you put on a fan and then revi like revisionist stuff where you would put stuff that maybe you wouldn't have put on all the time that has like aged better. The difference between essential and like greatest hits, you know, like right. <laughs> the best selling and them. I remember for, I, uh, there were some Frank Zappa comps that came out in the late 90s that artists from uh, other bands put together. It was like their favorite like Zappa song. So that was a weird approach to it. Because we were asking earlier, like who, who makes these decisions <laughs> at the end of the day? Yeah, that is so interesting. There's so much to uh, explore with the comp. I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah, we'll, we'll choose another one after we end here and uh, we'll, we'll do another. Absolutely. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, for your participation today, signing off. I'm Leon. I'm Joe. I'm Andrew. And this has been Ray the Ray Comp. Because the, <laughs> the BBC have interfered and sort of chased ratings and made it the lowest common denominator sort of comedy, sort of catchphrases and wigs. And I, I think I've sold out to be honest, but yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? When they, to keep your integrity when you're going for that first little thing. fat man who sold his soul the little little fat man who sold his dream chubby little loser chubby little loser national joke no not not chubby little loser no, no. pathetic little fat man no one's bloody laughing The clown that no one laughs at They all just wish he'd die